Ladies and gentle bros, welcome to the No Soliciting Experience. I am your host and asker of questions, Rick Martinez. Let's be real. We all know I'm your favorite memester on the interwebs. What a joker. <laughs> Look, listen. Let's talk sales. Let's talk funnies. Let's talk about some successful people. Let's talk with successful people in this industry. Top performers, team leads, and people who are leaving a lasting influence and legacy in this industry. So, take out a pen and paper, jot down some notes, or if you're in the car driving, make sure you go back and take some notes. Alrighty then. Let's see who we get to chat with today, shall we? All right, guys, we have Marshall Hawks in the building today. Thank you, Marshall, for being on. Um, why don't you give us a quick intro to who you are? Yeah, uh, my name is Marshall Hawks. I'm 25 years old. I've been in sales for three years. I started in sales uh, doing solar. I was a, a closer for a company called Intermountain Wind and Solar. Uh, actually, just here in Utah, uh, which is probably the worst market to sell in just because it's so saturated. Um, did that for two years. I was what they called a closer. Um, wasn't so much knocking doors, more so driving to and from appointments, um, taking phone calls, sending emails, just the whole long-term sales process. And then last year made the change to pest control. And I, I work with a company called Fox Pest Control. Um, last year I was a sales rep. And then after this last summer, because uh, of some accomplishments and um, things working in my favor, I'm now actually a branch owner in Fox, uh, over a team of about 40 guys, um, and just opening a new branch this year. So, dang! So after so you did two years of solar, and then you make the switch. You hit some pretty huge milestone that we'll we'll go over in a little bit. Uh, but now you're a branch owner, right? Yep. That yeah. is wild, guys. In three years, he was able to do that. Um, I, I personally know from experience that it's, it's a bit of a learning curve to switch from solar to pest. Uh, the first thing that, that's affected is the hours. And to be able to rush a sale, build enough urgency within a few minutes to be able to close it. For those who aren't too familiar with solar, it can go anywhere from as quick as 30-minute close to the longest I've ever been in a close. It took me like four hours. So it's, it's, it's definitely a huge, um, it's, it's, it's a huge <clears throat> switch, right, to make. Um, so tell us a, a little bit about your first year, right? You broke a pretty big record, right? Tell us a, a little bit more about that. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. When I got into PEST, my, my original uh, thought process was, well, if I can make as much as I was making in solar, maybe a little more, it'll be worth it. So I set my, my goal at 750 pest accounts. Um, a lot of companies will talk about mosquito and lawn and all that stuff. And I don't really count those. I think um, an account should be one customer and one customer only. Um, okay. It's much more favorable to the company that way, mm -hmm. uh, profit wise. But um, so it was 750 accounts, but I went out with my best friend. Uh, his name's Jerem Scholes and his goal was to do a thousand accounts which I thought was remarkable. Um, went out, started, started the summer, um, 
little bit early, did some, did some knocking in April. Uh, and my first day I sold three accounts and I, I wasn't very happy because I was out there with my friend and he had done, I think his first day he did eight. Mm -hmm. So being the competitive guy I am, I was like, dang it, man, like if he can do it, I should be able to do it. And so the next day, same thing happened. He did seven or eight and I did three and I was just really frustrated. But eventually I kind of, I kind of overcame that learning curve. Mm -hmm. um, now, granted, it wasn't as big of a learning curve because I had some sales background. Yeah. But I started keeping pace with him and we were both throwing down seven, eight. And eventually we both got to the point where we were averaging like 10 a day. Um, and so I got a call from our, our founder um, and, and owner, Mike Romney, who's in my opinion, he's the GOAT. Uh, he did 11, he got paid on, so sold, serviced, and retained 1198 in three months, one week, which is just crazy. He called me and he told me, he said, uh, dude, Marshall, you need to change your goal right now. Uh, what's your goal? And I told him my goal was 750. And he said, no, you need to change it to a thousand. So I changed it to a thousand, um, right then and there, I, I restructured how many, I needed to do on a daily basis to hit that. Uh, and then I got to a point where um, in, in, I think it was, yeah, it was July 27th. I, I hit a thousand accounts. Uh, and then I, and then I, I said, well, shoot, we still have some of the summer left. Like, why would I stop? Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's only July 27th. So then I changed it to, to do 1200 accounts and ended up servicing uh, exactly, actually, 1201 serviced best accounts. Dang. So, oh. 1201 for, as a first-year pest control rep, right? Um, yep. One of the things I, I, I kind of want to go back into just to kind of understand how you were able to go. So you were consistently going from three a day, and then something just clicked, right? And then you just started doing more consistently 10 a day, right? In, in your opinion, what do you think was that was – that, was that little change for you? Yeah, um, man, it's it's a totally different sale yeah. uh, doing than it is solar. Solar, you're you're kind of pitching on the whole logical, um, save money, you know, type type of approach. To in pest control, you're trying to peak emotion. Uh, you're trying to bandwagon, and you know, create some type of emotional reaction from that customer. Um, I knew how to close. I think my biggest strength that I took over from, from solar to pest was I knew how to close a deal. Yeah. Um, just you talked about your longest close in solar was like four hours. I had similar, similar experiences. Um, so I knew all the closing tactics, but now it was, it, it was just a matter of getting them to, to buy into um, signing up because their neighbors are doing it or because of, the bugs that they can get and they have gotten. Um, I think that was kind of the learning curve that I was able to, to overcome. Okay. So, I okay. I like that. So for anybody out there who's making the switch this summer, all it is is just taking the same closing tactics and just learning the verbiage. Cause that, that for me was the biggest thing. It's just the verbiage, learning the pitch. Um, funny my first like 50 or something sales when I did pest control, I was getting to ev every single house. And, you know, like some, some of the guys on my team were like, dude, why are you getting in the house? 
And for me, it was just natural. Like in a solar sale, whenever I book for me, I, I had to set an appointment. So I had to set the appointment for it to stick. And for me to get back into the house the second time, I had to get in the house the first time. Right. So for me, it was getting from the door inside the house and just making the sale. Um, but you're absolutely right. Like those closing techniques and those closing tactics are way, way super good to have, especially coming from solar. Cause it's such a logical sale. Like, like you said, right. Um, I like that. So let's move on to this. Um, what, what makes you stand out in an industry that's very quote unquote basic? Um, I think there's a couple things. I think, um, I, I loved listening to your podcast with, with Josh Zuniga, uh, or Zuniga, however you say his last name. Sorry, Josh. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, that's contract value. I think our industry is, is starting to go downhill because a lot of companies just want to compete on price and, uh, contract value. That's where you make your money. Um, you know, you sell a thousand accounts, like some reps and you do it at a 400 or $500 contract value when you could have done it higher, you just weren't willing to, or, or you were scared you'd lose a sale every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not that good a salesman in my opinion. I think if you want to be the best salesman, you have to sell the most accounts. You have to sell the highest contract value. You have to sell the most multi years. You have to do it all. You can't just pick and choose which of the ones you want to be the best at. You can't just go after number of accounts. You have to go at number of accounts plus contract value plus multi years plus auto pay, you know, and, and hit it out of the park. So I think one thing that makes me unique is, you know, I was, again, I, I, I don't try to toot my own horn. Um, I was, I was blessed this year to, to set the record for highest contract value on, a thousand plus accounts. I did that at a $649 contract value. It'll get beat. I, I hope that someone beats it this year. Uh, we have a couple guys in our company that are chasing it, but man, it just, it helps your company so much more. We talk about a win-win in business and, and yeah. there's a lot of reps in our industry this year, uh, nowadays that are just super entitled, you know, uh, they never sold before, but they're asking for everything in the world, um, yeah. to out and get them on, get them signed on. Yeah. Uh, but you want it to be a win-win for yourself. You want to go make a bunch of money, but you want to help that company as well. And the best way to do that is, is keeping your contract value high. Um, I think another thing is, is pest accounts. Like for me, and this might ruffle some feathers with some people, but like it should only count as an account if it's a new customer. No more two in one, three in one, like, oh, I'm an account. I sold a customer a pest account, but I sold them a mosquito account and a lawn account. Like that should not count separately as three sales. Yeah. Because what happens when that customer cancels? The company loses three accounts all at the same time. Yeah. If if you're selling a thousand new homes and new customers, then as a company, you're bringing in far more revenue and you know, your retention is going to be better because if you lose one account or one home, you're not losing three accounts on that same okay. home. Okay. But yeah, that, that that's definitely a big debate in, in the industry, especially in past. Do you count it as one or do you count it as three? And that's definitely an, an interesting take. If you lose one customer, it's just one customer. 
Because right. if I'm counting mosquito, then I, I, I would have sold, you know, 15, 1600 accounts this year. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm just counting strictly past. Like what's, what's my past. So yeah. anyways, I think to go back to your question, what kind of makes me unique, not basic is also not just my accomplishments, but what, 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 what goes on behind the scenes with yeah. those. And that's my mentality. Yeah. Uh, a lot of reps ask me, you know, what's your why? We mm -hmm. talk about your why. And, and I'm a big believer that your why has to be as tall as your hope is deep. Yeah. So if you, if you have the hope to do a thousand accounts, man, your why has to be as tall as that. If it's not as tall as that, then you stop and okay. you don't ever hit it. If it's just as tall as your, your hope, your why is just as tall as selling a thousand accounts, then you're going to sell a thousand accounts and you'll stop right at a thousand. Um, but if you're, if your why is deeper than a thousand or it's deeper than what your, your goal is, then you can, you can do anything. And um, you got to have a chip on your shoulder. Don't come across cocky, but just confident. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's the, the biggest thing that separates your, your heavy hitters, the guys that do 300, 500 plus, from your average is just yeah. their mentality really okay which is which is something that is is talked about a lot um in in the last few years is your mentality that goes into it we have outside influences like david goggins right um wim hoff we have all these guys who are like gurus in mental toughness right um and you're right part of that is your why um what what for you is the biggest contribute um, contributing factor to your mental toughness today? Um, man, that's a good question. I would say I'd say my background, like okay. where I where I came from. Okay. Um, I I love the story, and you probably heard the story of the two two twin brothers that were raised in a home where their father's an alcoholic, their mother's a um, a deadbeat, um, or, or, or maybe it's backwards. The mom's an alcoholic and the dad's, you know, left the family. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the brothers ends up getting in prison, um, and serving a life sentence. And the other brother becomes a, a, a millionaire and yeah. they ask him, you know, what was, what was the difference? And both of them say the same thing. Well, I had no other choice, but to do what I did. You know, the one that goes to prison says, well, I had no other choice. My mom was a, a deadbeat. My dad was a drunk. Um, I had no other choice but to follow their footsteps. And the other brother is a millionaire says, well, I had no other choice. My parents showed me exactly what I didn't want in life. And so I had to choose the opposite. Yeah. And I'm not saying my background was like that, but I did have a rough background where my money made a huge impact on my my parents marriage it made a huge impact on my my growing up um you know I always had to work for what I wanted if I wanted to go to football camp I had to raise the money if I wanted to go on a mission I had to raise the money and so it taught me work ethic but it taught me a, more than that just a, a huge life purpose um to make that never an issue in my future family and that's that's what keeps me going every single day is I saw the impact money can have on a family that I didn't want. And I yeah. want the exact opposite um, in the future. And money doesn't motivate me. It's the, it's what comes with that. Yeah. That 
that security, that, that sense of purpose and belonging with a family, um, happiness, et cetera. So. Okay. I like that. While, while you were talking, um, I remember, a um, a little live lesson that, that I had a, f- a few years ago. Um, he was a fantastic trainer, right? Uh, his name is Rob Reimer. Probably one of the biggest savages in solar. Um, and he told me, he's like, Rick, it comes down to two things in life. It's either the pain of discipline or the pain of regret, right? You either got to discipline yourself, which is coming into mental toughness, right? If, if you want to have that freedom, if you want to be comfortable later on in life, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, doing the things that you don't want to do, right? You know what you don't want. Now are you going to stick to it? Or are you going to do what you've been doing five years down the road and now live with that regret, right? Regret's always, the, it sucks, right? Um, yeah. So I, I really like how, how you put that in, in words. Um, you, you, you just got to work for it, man. Just, just be disciplined, get to where you are. Um, and obviously there, there is some outside factors that help us along the way. Um, so I sent you this thing and you sent me back a YouTube video, right? About it's called dream by mass mass Tiz M I think is the, the YouTube channel, right? I think everybody in door door follows this, follows this channel. Cause it's all motivational, right? Um, for you, you, you listen to that out and out on the way to area, right? So, yeah, um, I, I won't lie. I didn't listen to it every day, but yeah. for the first two, three months, when I was driving out to area, I, I put it on and I just, and I put it on repeat. I listened to it three times through yeah. some, and it would just give me chills to my skin. Um, if you haven't listened to it, it's amazing, but um, it, it just talks about how every single one of us has greatness within us. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, are we willing to do what it takes to tap into that? Or yeah. like you just said, are we going to regret it for the rest of our life? Okay. So you hit 1,200 last summer. What's uh, your, your goal this summer? Yeah, this, this summer I've come at it from a whole different approach because now I'm, a, I'm an owner, I'm yeah. a manager, I'm a trainer, I'm all of, all of the above. So I hope to be able to delegate some of my, my time mm-hmm. um, or, my, or I guess my work to some so I can, I can still make time to go out and knock a little bit. I'd, I'd like to do three to 500 accounts personally, if possible, but we'll see. Uh, I've got a lot of other stuff on my plate. Yeah. Um, but my biggest goal is, is just to raise the bar yeah. in my office and in the company um, to help as many reps take their game from wherever it was last year or is right now to the next level. It's actually our mantra and our motto in my office is uh, next level. Yeah. Uh, we have some offices that, that claim to be the hardest working or claim to have the best attitude or the best process, but our whole mantra is next level. Like I want to take all of my guys who did 200 accounts last year and help them go do three or four or 500 plus. Um, we've got actually a couple guys on the team that have changed from other companies that have done 700 plus accounts in a okay. summer, but they, they want to do a thousand. Um, and so I want to help them as much as possible, be able to achieve that, um, that status. So. Okay. 
So along with that, along with selling 1,200, um, 1,200 plus accounts, there's obviously some good, there's some bad, and there, there's some funny, right? Just to kind of lighten it up a little bit. What, what was your funniest moment this last summer while, while out knocking? Man, I had a few. I had, um, I'm trying to think, like I find when we say funny, it was yeah. more like reaction that makes it funny from the homeowner. Yeah. And I, I'd get some people that were just enraged that they had their door knocked on. Yeah. You know? you're talking to the person and you can tell they're on edge mm-hmm. and you start, I, I'll give you one example. I was talking to a homeowner and I could tell something was off and uh, I started bandwagoning and showing him my map on my iPad, you know, telling him some neighbors that we, we serviced and he lost it. He just was like, did they give you permission to tell, to be spread in their name around the neighborhood that they're using your service? I don't think so. And he came at me with a, a, a beer bottle. And I just started, I tried to de-escalate the situation. I started backing off, but I whipped out my iPad without him knowing. And I just recorded the whole thing, um, the whole interaction. I back down his driveway and he's all flipping me off. And finally, I walk off and the cop shows up, you know, moments later. And I'm like, and the cop's like, hey, man, we got, we got a call. Um, that you're you're pissing off some people out in this area and I showed him the video and the cop just me and the cop had a really good laugh <laughs> the, cop, the cop was chill and just let me keep knocking even though I didn't even have a permit I was just you know just kept let me keep, keep knocking so dang there you go man what I don't get why people get so pissed man <laughs> I know it's funny dude it's it's way funny man like I don't know for us we we see it as like the way I see it is how, how do I overcome it? Cause I mean, I've had some really pissed off people and um, yeah, dude, it's just fun. It's almost like a game. And, and I think that that's where most of us, we, we tend to get into trouble sometimes because of it. Cause we, I mean, obviously it's one, it's, it's pretty serious, right? Cause when they're pissed, you're like, all right, the last thing I want, somebody coming up at me, that guy can't come at you with a beer bottle. Right. Part of it's also like, all right, how, how can I push this a little bit more without getting to the point of, you know, some, some trouble. Um, but yeah, dude, that's freaking funny. And so the cop never even checked your permit. No, I didn't even have a permit. He was just like, all right, well, I understand you got a tough job. Um, yeah. Just try to keep it cool with people out here. Yeah. Let me go. There's a lesson. I mean, dude cops cops are normally they're, they're all right right it's, it's especially when 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 we're out knocking um but yeah that's a super cool way to like bring down the cop because dude if 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 that cop was a dick it would have been super bad with yeah. fines maybe some jail maybe like a few hours in jail and whatnot yeah well it's funny i almost sold the cop too he uh he ended up, I think, quitting before start, which uh, sucked. You know, you sign them up and they don't get serviced by so, like, to sell the cop, right? Like, you got to be selling everybody, I feel yeah. like. So. There you go, man. Just sell everybody. If if you get arrested for soliciting, sell, sell the cop who's driving you. Exactly. There you go. There you go. So one of the things that um, we're, we're kind of big on is books, education, mainly self-education right are you more of like a book reader podcast listener or youtube video watcher oh book reader for sure um i'm a a slow reader 
uh, something I'm working on, but uh, usually I'll buy the book and I'll yeah. listen to it on audio while I'm reading the book so I can just mark it up and highlight yeah. things. That I, but yeah, for sure, book reader. Okay. What, what has been your favorite book or the book that has impacted you the most? Oh, that's easy. Um, Relentless, from yeah. good to great yeah. to unstoppable. Um, I was so happy this last, back in January, I was able to meet, uh, Tim Grover, the author of that book yeah. at Orcon, and, um, just everything he says in that book, it helped me so much mentality wise, because I think a lot of us, like I said, we all have greatness in us, but some of us are in, at that good level. Some of us are at great, but the hardest switch is to go from great to unstoppable, we get a lot of guys that go, they sell 100 accounts their first year or 150. And then the next year they do two, 300 and they get to that great level. I think two, 300 accounts is great. Yeah. But it's such a hard transition to get to unstoppable. And I'm not there yet. It's something like you have to constantly work on. But man, that's, I, I have reps that'll ask me to do one on one training. And it's the first thing I tell them is I say, well, show me you're serious, read this book, and then we'll get together and we'll do a training. Yeah. And I make Everyone on my team read the book. Everybody that asks for a training, like I just live and die by that book. So there you go, guys. Relentless by Tim Grover. I, dude, I, I actually got to speak with him a little bit at a at a door to door con. What yeah. what blew me away the most is he he stayed the whole weekend. He was there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and it 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 surprised me that on Friday, like it was like an hour after like it had ended right um and i met up with a friend and they're like hey dude he's here talking with us right now if you come maybe he'll talk to you right so i go up like waiting for everybody you know just just being respectful for him and you know his time because thinking like you know most of these people they they, they, have, they have shit they gotta do they gotta leave they gotta you know go go do something else so um i just start talking to him and then dude i just lose track of time we're like 20, 30 minutes into this conversation. I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry I took so much of your time. But that's, that's just the kind of guy he is. And for me, the biggest takeaway from that book was going to like that dark place, right? I'm, yeah. I'm not sure about you, right? Um, but it's, it's crazy just because most people tend to fold under that pressure. For me, I like being in it, you know? Yeah. I like, it, I don't know, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little weird. Growing up, I, I played sports. Um, my pump-up music is very, like, very intense, right? Like Marilyn Manson, some heavy metal stuff, just because, like, that's that's how I, that's just how I thrive in that. Just just going to that dark place, and it's I love how he goes in, into like deep detail about it. Um, how about you? Like, what 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 in that book made the biggest difference for you? Yeah, well, I first I just totally agree. I love the dark side. Um, like we, me and uh, me and my business partner were talking about it yesterday. Um, a lot of reps in different companies, depending on the company, will take a lunch break and, mm -hmm. and, and give them like two hours from twelve to two or something. Um, let them go home, see their family, see their kids, and then they're back on the doors. Um, or they don't get out there that that early. For me, it was nine to nine every day, like you like you just talked about. Um, but dude, you lose so much momentum by taking a break. And that's what I think, uh, I like the most is in that book, he talks about, uh, cleaners 
right? Cleaner is, is someone who's unstoppable. And a cleaner, my favorite part was a cleaner doesn't compete with others. He makes others compete with him. Mm-hmm. He's not worried about what you're doing. He, he's so, so focused on what he's doing that others worry about what he's doing. Yeah. He doesn't, he just doesn't care. Uh, I mean, so like I, I was watching a, an interview with Eon Shumper, I think's his name, right? Who played for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was playing Kobe and he was sharing an experience where uh, they're in the middle of a game and, and Shumper was having the best game of his life. He'd got, he'd, he'd stolen the ball from Kobe two or three times. He dunked on Kobe. He was making shots and he was just, he was thinking in his mind, like, man, this is going to be great to go home and tell all my family, like, look what, look what I did today. And then Kobe comes up in the fourth quarter or at the end of the third quarter, Kobe comes up and taps him on the leg and says, man, you had a great game today. And Shumpert's thinking in his mind, like, what? It's only, we haven't even started the fourth quarter and he's telling me I had a great game. And then Kobe went to work. And just yeah. you know, the rest of the, the rest was history. You know, so I love that that mindset of you. You just have to tap into the dark side, and you have to think of yourself, you know, as unstoppable. And you're not you're not competing with anyone else. And yeah. you got to be okay with where the dust the dust settles. I mean, because if you're competing with someone, if you're saying, hey. I want to be the top rep in my company. That's fine. But if you're saying, I want to beat that guy Mm -hmm. and he finishes the year with 500 accounts, dude, you're probably going to finish the year with 550, 600, and then you're going to, you're going to tap out because you're just trying to compete with him and you you accomplished your goal. Mm -hmm. But if your goal is bigger than that, your goal is not to beat him, but your goal is to beat yourself and you're constantly chasing that perfect version of yourself, Yeah. then, then you'll finish the year way ahead of where you would have. So that's what I like. Sorry, that's a long answer, but. No, no, don't worry about it. It's totally fine. Um, and kind of, kind of bouncing off of that, um, I feel like there's a big lesson here, right? Um, he had, had a good game, you know, for three quarters. Guys, this is the, the summer doesn't end, like you said, until the dust settles, right? Doesn't matter if you've had like a crappy morning, right? A crappy day, right? It's it's not done. You know, you just gotta consistently keep bouncing back and know that as long as you put in the work, the results are gonna follow. Right. In the recent podcast that that I did with Jake Bennington, that's 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 what he's that's what he um touched on is don't look at it as result oriented, look at it as like action oriented. Focus on the actions that'll get you the results that you want. You can't just be, like you said, like, I want to be that guy. Because once you beat him, you're done. And then, yeah, you beat him, you feel good about that. But no one's going to remember that you beat that guy. Everyone's going to remember if you did the best that you could. And if you beat some people along the way, then dope. Right? But part of that is also just learning to just keep going, being, being relentless. So... If you're a first year rep, returning rep, if you've already read the book, read it again. Right. I love that. Yeah, Rick, I, I totally agree. Um, I think a lot of times we put so much focus, just like Jake was talking about on the outcome, uh, when we need to focus on the process. 
Um, it was something that was always engraved in my mind from the start when I started uh, doing pest control is we had a whole saying at Fox, you know, uh, focus on the process and what you can control. Um, and I think that's great. Like you have to have some focus on the outcome. Otherwise you, you lose, you know, a lot of motivation and drive. Well, number one, motivation's crap. I, I, I hate the word motivation. Drive is what keeps you going over the whole mm -hmm. summer. Motivation might help you have a good day, but if you don't have drive, you're going to burn out. Right. But, um, to go back to what you're talking about, there was a, there was a day where I'm out, I'm out selling with my friend, um, who actually also did a thousand accounts this summer. Uh, it was crazy, but there was a day where he was sitting at like zero sales on the day by eight o'clock. And I was thinking in my mind, like, Holy cow, this kid's going to bagel. Like mm -hmm. we don't bagel. You yeah. know, we don't, I, I hate even saying the word bagel, but, um, and then all of a sudden he pulled out like seven sales after eight o'clock between eight and nine o'clock. He got like seven sales and it was crazy. Cause I think like if he had been focusing on the outcome instead of the process, like he would have gotten so stressed out. Um, and that stress can be bad sometimes. And he would have, he would have thrown in the towel or he would have finished the day with zero or maybe one, maybe two, but he was just focused on the process and just how much work he's putting in you know, what he can control. You can, you can control your confidence, your attitude. If you're smiling, how many doors you're knocking, what hours you're knocking and, and your intentionality. That's probably my, my favorite word to talk about is intentionality. I think, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. If you just yeah. make up your mind that you're going to do 300 accounts this year, even though your best summer was a hundred, yeah. you'll find a way to do it. Yeah. But, I, I, I'm the, the biggest regret I have is not setting my goal higher because I did 1200 accounts, but I, I know for a fact in myself, had I set a goal to do 2000 accounts this last year, I would have done it. Mm -hmm. Now I probably would have died in the process of doing it, but like it's, it's something I realized is your mind is just so much more powerful than any other tool you have. It's more powerful than your pitch. It's more powerful than bandwagoning. It's more powerful than uh, price dropping and selling mm -hmm. on price. It's like the most powerful thing you have. Yeah. Um, but you got to focus on what you can control. Otherwise, if you're focused on the outcome, that stress will get to your mind. Yeah. Break down your mindset and, and you're just not going to last or, yeah. or you're not going to, or you're just going to have a bad day. Um, exactly. So. Dude, I like that. I, I, I really like how you touched on, um, having intention, like attention, intention for, for a lot of people is what they lack. Everything you do has to have purpose and has to have intention. You're doing this because it'll lead to this, right? So think, think of it that way, guys. Like if, if you want to hit 300 accounts, right? You have to think, okay, well, what do I have to do to hit 3000 or three, 300 accounts, right? I have to start reading books. I'm reading because I need, I need it to sell 300 accounts, right? Going to the gym, working out, right? Just getting your body and your mind in the right place to be able to sell 300 accounts. If everything has intention, everything has purpose. I feel like that's kind of what we lack in the industry is that purpose. Like we set a goal and then, you know, halfway through the summer, we're like, ah, maybe I won't hit it. So you start 
renegotiating. So you basically renegotiate with yourself and you settle for less. Because from the beginning, you, you, you didn't have that intention with every decision that you made. Every decision that you made wasn't with the purpose or the end goal of 300 accounts, right? So I, for me, I think that's super huge that you touched on that. And as a first year pest control rep, it's super important. Guys, it doesn't matter. Like if you're coming back for your second, third, fourth, fifth summer, everything should have that purpose of what you want to accomplish. I, I totally agree. If you can, the way I sum it up in my mind is if you can attach your why, yeah, your, your life's purpose, the purpose you're on this earth, you can attach your why to your what, and your what might be 300 accounts, it might be a thousand accounts, it could be a hundred accounts, but if you can attach your why to your what, it's so much more powerful than just shooting it, shooting in the dark and hoping you hit some arbitrary goal. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Awesome. Guys, there, there's a lot of knowledge in there. There's a lot of things you, you can learn from this. So if, you, if you're not taking notes, go back and take some notes. Um, go back and restart it. Take some notes and hopefully this will help you. Um, so, all right, Marshall, is there one little, one last piece of advice that you would give the industry? I'm, I'm going to leave this open to you. And if whatever you want to say, say it. Yeah. It's uh, a good question. I, I think at the end of the day, in terms of the industry, we're going in the right direction. I think if I were to, to put my two cents out there and say what needs to be changed, man, we need to put more emphasis on development of individuals than money. Yeah. It, it, it just, it makes the industry get such a bad rap um, in the world and in, in, and in society. Um, and, it, and it creates a sense of entitlement with people that have experience and some people that don't even have any experience. Yeah. If we can put more emphasis on the development of an individual, the money will follow. The more you grow as a person, the more you're gonna make. If you go into it backwards though, and you think I'm gonna make this much, and you're not focused on the growth, you're, you're gonna sell yourself short. Yeah. Um, and I think as an industry, as leaders, if we can collaborate and focus on developing people and leave the money and the income um, on the side and just focus on that, we're going to develop people that whether they stay in summer cells or they leave to politics, they leave to follow their degree that they got in college or, or to start their own business. We're going to be much better off as a society focusing on development. Okay. Well, awesome guys. Super huge development. Not only does it serve a purpose for door to door sales, which is what we do, but it'll carry on in life. We, we never stop growing. So let's, you know, let's continue to grow and, you know, become better every day. Awesome. Well, Marshall, don't want to take too much more of your time. Um, I appreciate you, appreciate you having on the show and yeah, guys, um, excited for you guys to listen to this.